0: It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get 4000 in Christmas cash. WolfGMCBuick.com, corner 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. We say hi to Doug and Mary today, and we have some giveaways a little bit later on this hour. Right now, we're joined by our friend, Bag Milk, from Oilers Nation, after a very nice win by the Edmonton Oilers. How are you, sir? What do you think about that game last night?
1: How can you not be excited about the way the Oilers put together an effort like that against the Carolina Hurricanes? This is a team that, coming into last night's game, in the previous nine contests, the Canes were 7-1-1 and against the Oilers. So to see them come out and get two goals in the first two shifts is just... It was the start you want. It was almost like the boys remembered what happened to them two weeks ago and they wanted to repay the favor in front of the home crowd. I just, I, I was so excited last night. That was the Oilers I want to watch on a nightly basis. It was so much fun.
0: They're, they're a fun team, uh, especially because, and a Coach has been saying this forever, so much offense comes off the defense. And Evan Bouchard, uh, he didn't get an assist on the play, but he made one of the nicest play I've seen this year by an Oilers defense. But he seems to really be coming uh, into his own here.
1: Listen, there was a lot of us, and myself included that. I love Evan Bouchard. I want to say that first and foremost. But I think it was fair to point out some of the defensive foibles that were happening earlier in the season. But over the last couple of weeks, he's really, really cleaned a lot of that stuff up. And he's looking confident with the puck on his stick. He's making really nice plays. Al, the thing I love the most about Evan Bouchard's game right now is even though he's moving at what seems like a very slow pace, he just weeds his way through the opposing defenders. And it's really fun to watch. He's a confident player right now. love to see him having the nine-game point streak. There's so much to like about Evan Bouchard, but then there's going to be times when on the defensive side of the puck, you're frustrated, but lately that just hasn't happened. And I, I think that it's important to point out that some of the defensive issues that were causing the uproar earlier in the season have just they've been cleaned up for the most part lately.
0: Yeah, it's true. And I think that all three pairings played well. Uh, it looks like since the coaching staff has taken over, a lot of things have gotten figured out and those are good things. And and Stuart Skinner, uh, you know, I mean, I think nine thirty six in his last five games or so, he seems to be back to what we would expect and a little better, and that would be a huge deal. They've still got to go get another goalie, but Skinner recently has really given hope, I think, to the oilers and the fans.
1: Hey, Amen. Stu last night I thought against the hurricanes he looked big in the net he looked calm his mechanics looked quiet he was facing the shooter didn't give up many rebounds his, his catching glove was dialed in he is playing some very very good hockey not just very good hockey the numbers that you just rattled off of the last five starts that's elite numbers and i know that there's a there's an 8 50 60 mixed in there somewhere with the game against vegas too so they could be even better But Stu's playing so, so well. He looks like the guy that led the Oilers into the playoffs last year. It's been a lot of fun to watch him kind of rebound. I, I wonder, I do wonder how much of this, you know, Jack Campbell's obviously in Bakersfield. How much of it is just Stuart Skinner being like, okay, I'm the starter. I'm dialed in. I'm playing every night. This is my job to take, and right now he's doing a great job of it. No matter how he's getting there, I love seeing him connect the dots. And Stu is obviously going to be a big part of this comeback into this season, and he's playing really well right now.
0: Proberg is a guy uh, who you know has not played much recently, and the Oilers they need their young players and their their um, value contracts under a million to 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 play. Uh, hard to get into the lineup. He's been sent down. Ben Gleason coming back up. Broberg will be able to play, and whether or not he gets traded is another matter. But uh, what do you feel about him going heading down to Bakersfield for a few games?
1: I think I think it was the right call. Ultimately, you. This is just, like I know he was drafted in uh, a handful of years ago in 2019, but this is still a this is still a young man, and I think that he needs to play big minutes. Like right now he's averaging 12 and a half, something like that over the course of his career. And I just don't know that that's enough, but at the same point, the Oilers are very much in win now mode and they need people to come in and play steady minutes and wrestle away a job. I could, I think about Vinny Desjardins and I know they are different players that play on both on one's left-handed, one's right-handed, one's got wheels, one's more of a bruising defenseman. I get that they're vastly different, but I look at, Vinny Desjardins was given an opportunity to kind of get into the NHL lineup last year and he didn't let the job go he grabbed the bull by the horns and he just wrestled that job into his own and now he's cemented himself as an everyday player we just haven't seen that from Broberg and I don't necessarily agree with the idea that the others haven't given him a chance to play. He does have 79 NHL games under his belt. I know that that could be more, should be more probably but that's just where he's at right now and when given the opportunities, I think that he hasn't wrestled that job into his arms the way Vinny DeHarnay has and I'm hopeful that this resolution there's a resolution that can be had here that's not necessarily a trade. I think that the Oilers are very shy on defensive depth. I like the idea of Philip Broberg in the organization. I like the idea of him being in Bakersfield playing top pairing hopefully minutes um, down there and getting some of the reps in But this whole, I also understand the player's angle right? He wants to play hockey And he's not doing a whole lot of that right now So maybe there's somewhere else that might give him that chance But it, ultimately there has to be Some accountability on the player As well as the organization For the way he's developed himself
0: Sports 1440 Bag milk guest from Oilers Nation The Edmonton Oilers now Look like the team we thought they'd be At the start of the year when many of us Including myself picked them to win the Stanley Cup I just want your – you've covered the team for a while now. Um, your, your opinion about, about how outrageous this se- this season has been, just from the point of view of the highest highs and the lowest lows, this is like dating when you're young. It's all over hell's half acre.
1: Oh, w- without question. It's it's truly puzzling how this year has gone because the Oilers find themselves on a five-game win streak. Some very, very – and there are some good teams in this mix let's let's not let's not pretend that they've only been beating bottom feeders but at the end of the day they just won their fifth straight game and they're still near the bottom of the NHL standing. it is truly puzzling it it's
0: you know and, and i know that, that like looking back mcdavid getting hurt jack getting hurt i do think there was some uh defensemen who were like had, had so much information in their brains they were sort of uh you know they stopped Thinking or, or over overthought everything, and they were not effective. But I, I think we have to give some some credit to the coaching staff and listening to the players. Paul Coffey, who doesn't have it's not like he's got ten years of coaching in the NHL, like say Charlie Huddy or more than ten. Uh Coffey does seem to be a defense whisperer here.
1: Listen, I am going to be the first to issue an apology to Paul Coffey. I was very critical of bringing him in behind the bench because of what you just said. He doesn't have any coaching experience at the NHL level. That wasn't his thing. But the reality is what we're seeing is we're seeing a defensive group that's playing with confidence right now. At Adorethesnation.com just yesterday or two days ago Jason Greger had an article up where he was talking to Darnell Nurse about Paul Coffey's messaging. And it just seems like it's really registering with the guy. So for myself and I think a lot of the fan base, the early returns on Coffey behind the bench have been excellent. And I personally feel like I owe him an apology because I just did not understand the move at all when it happened. But right now it's looking good. You've got players like Vinnie Desjardins making more confident plays with the puck. That was that was something I didn't expect to see. Cody Cece jumping into the rush. Again, he had a clear look on net last night that with, you know, a little bit of luck, he would have had his first goal in 100 games. So I don't know what those conversations are necessarily like behind the bench or in the room or on the ice, but Paul Coffey's got something going here, and I'm ready to follow him down the rabbit hole.
0: It's, it's a fascinating situation with this team, and... Still, we're going to see some moves where we're obviously goaltending is going to be an issue. Uh, Gregor has said, you know, they were going to send Roberg down and they have. Uh, he's also said they're going to call Campbell back up and that may be the next step. Do you think that's the right call? Give him one more chance or do you think they should just make a move and get another goalie for Skinner uh, as a 1B or whatever the case may be?
1: Well, I mean, Al, nobody asked my opinion except for you, so I'm gonna, I would, I, if it was up to me and I was Jeff Jackson, I'd be trying to make that trade now. If you can find a way to get Jeff, Jack Campbell off the books and potentially free up some cap space while you're at it, I don't know what that would cost, mind you. Again, I'm just guessing and spitballing here. That would be my first route, but it does seem like the Oilers want to give Jack another chance to, to see what he can do at the NHL level. The problem with that, though, is it's not exactly like he's been lights out in the AHL. He did have that run of games where they're, you know, mixed in a shutout there. He had some quality starts in there. But then there was the one from, you know, we all saw the tweets from Bruce Carlock on Saturday night where there was two goals that went in that had no business going in at any professional level. So the problem I have with recalling Jack and hoping that he can find his game is that the Oilers don't really have the luxury of hoping that he can find his game, especially at a position as critical as goaltending. They need wins. They need keepers that are going to stop pucks, and I'm concerned about that with Jack Campbell. You're only going to find out if you give him the chance, and it seems like the Oilers want to do that. I just don't know that that's the best call. Maybe if they were running away with the division and they were up up in you know the top three with Vegas, L.A., and Vancouver, it's a different conversation, but right now they're at the bottom, and I don't know that hoping and wishing that your goalie can bounce back is the move when you're in that spot.
0: So currently the last wildcard spot is owned uh, by the St. Louis Blues. 27 points in 25 games. Oilers are 6 points behind, but have 2 games in hand. So really, if they win both, uh, they'd be 2 points behind. Do you think they'll be close to a playoff spot by New Year's Eve?
1: 1000%. I, I just if the team can keep playing the way they have over the last five games, I know there's going to be losses mixed in there. You're not going to win every night. I'd love to see it, but you know that's not going to happen. They're going to be right there. I think that there's some teams like that are going to come down to earth as well as the Oilers, uh, as the Oilers head the other way. You know, you know we love to talk about PDO, Al, and I think that the Oilers are finally getting that that regression to the mean in terms of their PDO, whereas there are other teams that kind of started off hot like a pistol that are starting to come downward. I look at you, Vancouver Canucks, I see your four and six in the last ten. I'm not saying that they're not going to be a playoff team, but they're starting to look not quite like the world beaters they were early on. So to answer the question directly, 100 percent, I do think the Oilers are going to be in the mix, if not right there by the end of the season.
0: It's really funny because we talk about the Oilers and they're, you know, up and down like a yo-yo. They have two games in hand on Calgary and are two points behind. Uh, They're reeling them in. Uh, and Calgary's gone 5-4-1, and one, but the, the, the owners seem like they've gotten everything together here. Do you think Ben Gleason will play much during his recall?
1: That is an interesting question. I, I don't know the answer to it. I, just, I don't think he will because it seems like Dobby likes to go with the 12-6. I think if that he was more uh, into the 11-7 idea as Jay Woodcroft would, we'd see Ben Gleason more often. But I don't know how often we're going to see him because my thought there is, who do you pull out? You're not going to pull out Brett Kulak. You're obviously not going to pull out Matthias Ekholm. He's looking like Matthias Ekholm of last year, by the way. He's finally picking himself back up. And Darnell Nurse is also playing some really good hockey. So on the left side, there's nobody. And on the right side, I don't see it either. So how much is he going to play? I don't know. I just imagine he's going to be sitting there eating some popcorn, enjoying the best of Roger's plays over the next two weeks.
0: Good stuff. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. Thanks, Al. All right. In the community. For United Sport and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona, United has been supporting hockey in our community for over 95 years. Uh, Declan, uh, how, yes, are, how are your motor skills? <laughs> <laughs> how are your motor skills think, doing over there? Things are
2: okay over here. A little blip, but things are uh, you, things are all right. You know,
0: usually when we have a guest, we instead of throwing the phone <laughs> at the receiver, we say goodbye. <laughs> We say, we thank you so much for your time. You, you appear to be just sending it over there, man. Listen,
2: that might have been how you did it with old producers, but I have my own style.
0: Holy man. I'm like, okay, the clank, bang, boom. Did the, is the, did the, did the phone make it or is it gone too? (laughs) No, the
2: phone's good. The
0: phone's still Wow. 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 (laughs) Okay, we've got some tickets to give away, and we're going to give you an idea about where both of us are going to be this weekend. That's all on the way. Uh, we got to check the phone too. This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports fourteen forty. Sports fourteen forty. This is the lowdown with Low Tide, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for ninety days on every new in stock twenty twenty three GMC and Buick. Ask for details. Plus, get up to four thousand in Christmas cash. Wolf. GMC Buick, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. I like those uh, pregnant pauses. Big fan of that. All right, we are both out and about, but we're not going to the same destination now. Because my friend here has been, you know, called up to the big leagues. And uh, so I will be live on location at the Bend Lounge at 147th Avenue, or 147th Street and 40th Avenue. 6 p.m. to close on Saturday night. I'm not live on location. I'm not doing cut-ins. But I will be there. And I'll have um, among the silent auction items will be a chance to be on this show for one hour. See the inner working. See Declan hang up the phone, which now is, I would think, one of the major events here. Uh, Maybe we'll talk about Mrs. Andrews. Maybe we'll talk about what you want to talk about. But you can bid on that along with a new book or a copy of my book, On the Clock, The Complete History of the Edmonton Oilers of the NHL Draft. I'm calling it new because I still feel like it's my young baby that I have. So... That's all happening at the Bend, 147th Street, 40th Avenue. We have some tickets to give away to that. Uh, how many pairs of tickets do we give away today, sir?
2: We are going to be giving, well, listen, originally it was going to be one, but our winner from yesterday, unfortunately, is not going to be able to make it anymore. So we'll be giving away two.
0: So he contemplated seeing me Saturday night and thought, man, I don't want to. Just
2: decided, hey, I got better yeah, things to do. Sure. No rhyme or reason, just right. backed out. So Laundry. We two yeah, probably laundry, washing mm-hmm. of the hair, things like sure, that. Sure, So we have two to give away today, and then one more tomorrow.
0: Okay, so I'm going to have one trivia question, and then you can take two winners from the one trivia question. Okay? Is that fair? That sounds perfect. Okay. I like it. So uh, here's the trivia question, and you can't look this up. So I, I, I'm we're on the honor system here, okay? Are we all good with that? All right. So Ben Gleason, who was the recall today... Uh, Philip Brobery sent down. Ben Gleason called up by the Oilers. He played so well in preseason. Has played four NHL games. Four NHL games previously before this recall. Ben Gleason, I need you to text us the name of the NHL team he played for. And not the year, just the name of the team. That's it. That should be easy enough. And now that we've done that, you were originally going to join me. But now you're going to be at Star Wars night, presented by Sports 1440. Oilers, Medicine Hat Tigers, puck drop at 7 o'clock, celebration of all things Star Wars. And the reason that what I heard was that the reason they want you there uh, is because I want to I want to get this clear here. I wrote it down. You resemble Jar Jar Binks. That's what I'm reading.
2: That was what they gave you?
0: Yes, that's ah. what they said. They said he looks like Jar Jar. They told me Jabba the Hutt. Oh. But if they told you Jar Jar no, Banks, I'd be Jabba, I think. I think
2: know. that's a little more flattering, so I'll take it. I always thought of myself as a Luke Skywalker kind of guy, yeah. but clearly uh, I no one else felt that way. I think you
0: speak like Jar Jar. <laughs> Misa. <laughs> a pretty good Jar Jar impression. You know, one thing about Star... I like Star Wars. I like Star Trek better, but I like Star Wars just fine. Uh, And I did like the original Star Wars very much, but I don't understand the new movies. Um, But anyway, if you want to get Star Wars fans mad, say, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but is Jar Jar ever stupid? Because then people get mad at you, even though Jar Jar is clearly stupid.
2: Well, you know, did you ever read the conspiracy that he was a Sith Lord orchestrating everything? No. I'm not gonna turn this into a comic, you know, fan fiction show, but there's a, there's a theory <laughs> floating around out there that Jar Jar Banks was the Sith mastermind in the, uh, prequel trilogy. Or sequel trilogy. I don't know how we talk about. Them He's anymore, so but. stupid. <laughs> he was fun loving. He was a goof. He was kind of like. He was kind of like uh, that one brother in of mice and men. He was like Lenny. You know. Well, you Just know what? To have a that's a time.
0: nice. That's a really good parallel. Did you come up with that yourself, or of did course. you read about it? No, of course I mice did. Mice and men. Lenny. That's terrific. Yeah, that's. I'm quick off God, the. God. I like. I don't miss a beat. I don't even know where to go with that. Are you waving at people or are you just... You know?
2: Yes, yes, waving at people. Sorry, not, not not waving you down for breaking news. My car doesn't have a flat, nothing like that. Just someone was looking in, thought I'd wave high. Wow. <laughs> Riveting stuff.
0: Well, it really is. Who's your favorite Star Wars character?
2: My favorite Star Wars... Uh, Mace Windu. Okay. With the purple lightsaber, doesn't get cool. He was as cool as Mace Windu as he was playing uh, Jules in Pulp Fiction.
0: Well, I love Han Solo. I just thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah,
2: that's a good answer. Well, yeah. I'm if you're Han, I'm definitely your Chewie. We got a good thing going there. We could, I think, we can brand that somehow. You're,
0: you're more Luke. I'm a little, I'm Luke esque. No, because you could, you could, you could thread the needle. You could hit the heart of the order. I mean, that was a great scene. We can agree with that, right? For the technology they had to make that happen. Oh, incredible! At yeah. the time, oh, groundbreaking. And I love James Earl Jones, too. He was really, really good. I'm just trying to see who the actor was. Ahmed Best was Jar Jar. What a fool. Not Ahmed, but...
2: Do you think he ever acted again? Or do you think they saw him as Jar Jar and were like, (laughs) yeah, you're you're not going to make it in this town?
0: You know what? that's funny? Can I tell you my all-time favorite movie story? Okay. Okay. Um, this is involving things that we cannot talk about on the air, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to make up words here. So have you seen the movie Deliverance? <laughs> yes, I have. Okay. Do you know Ned Beatty's character in Deliverance? Yes. Do you know what happens to Ned Beatty's character in Deliverance? <laughs> yes, I've Okay. have seen the movie. So Ned Beatty, that was his first ever role. The deliverance role was his first ever role and he was a young actor and he was like, you know, he accepted the part and he was doing the part and they were filming the film. And, but like, you know, after the day's shooting, he would, he would go and he'd sit and have a beer and Burt Reynolds would be there and everybody else. And he would confess to people that he was a little worried that, you know, that would be the one thing that people always remembered Ned Beatty for what happened to him in the movie Deliverance. And Burt Reynolds said, look, you're going to make a ton of movies. You're going to be famous for 40 years. You're young. You're a very fine actor. You're going to be well known after this role. And that is true, but you're going to have lots of roles that supplant the what, what's occurring to you in this movie. People will forget because people always forget and something else will come along 10 years from now. People won't even remember. Ned Beatty tells to this day, if he's still alive, that nobody's ever forgotten that. Not one time did they ever forget, forget that, uh, What happened to him in that movie And something happened to him in that movie Ladies and gentlemen Oh yes it did Do you know that uh, Ahmed Best did a Appearance on the Colbert Report as Jar Jar Binks
2: <laughs> No
0: That's I pretty not. cool That's pretty cool I'm not watching that movie ever again by the way It's a good movie though Speeds, who is a friend of, uh, the show and me and long time person that I've interacted with. Re earlier in your show, I'm sure the owners had a certain amount of confidence in Skinner, but personally, I think it's hard to make the case they were sold on him, uh, and then they also signed Campbell for five years. You know, that, that's a really good point, and I take it, and I, I, I get that, that, you know, by the time, by the time they signed Skinner, which was December of 2022, They'd already signed Campbell for five years, so they assumed he would be their guy. But I think the organization was pretty sold on him by December of 22. You know, Skinner was playing well, turned a corner. They liked him. They traded up to get him. And they need two goaltenders, as they currently do now. I think the Campbell I think the Campbell move was a misstep by Ken Holland. I think the Stuart Skinner um, draft and development is a positive for the Oilers. They knew what they had. They really did. I, I, I think Stuart Skinner was a good goaltender. And I think they've got another one in Olivier Rodriguez I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. I'm not saying he's going to pass Stuart Skinner. Uh, but I'm saying that if this were a year from now, maybe Olivier Rodry would get a more of a look. And I have argued that maybe maybe they should. They should try him now. I wouldn't... I, I know they're calling up Campbell, and they haven't played Rodriguez enough to call him up, but I would. I'd play him for two weeks, and I'd call him up for a game. Seriously. Because if you call him up for a game, even if you make a trade at the deadline, that's another guy you have. And he's got a little bit of experience in case you need him. You know, break glass in case of emergency. Low tide is something wrong with Drysaddle. Since Knoblock has decided to not put McDavid and Drysaddle together and have them run their own lines, Drysaddle to me hasn't been a dominant player in my opinion. Second line has been struggling a bit of late. Drysaddle should be the guy to get them out of a funk. Don't get me wrong, I like the look of them on two separate lines. Way more balanced but Drysaddle doesn't seem as productive five on five. He's taking on different responsibilities being a second line center causing this dip. No, my opinion is that it's Connor Brown. Connor Brown is not, he's not 100%. He's still getting back he took a long time off and he is you know he's on whatever line he's on it becomes a little bit of a black hole that's not connor brown's fault he's working it back i think he should be on the fourth line but they've got him on the second line because they don't have anybody else and if you're going to trade philip broberg trade him for somebody arthur kaliev somebody who can help you on that second line it won't be it won't be arthur kaliev By the way, while I'm doing all of this, I want to do this because I don't want to forget today, another gift of giving on the Jason Greger Show, an associate membership at the Glendale Golf and Country Club, and this is for the Christmas Bureau today, an associate membership for the 2024 season at Glendale, allows full access to the tea as a regular shareholder, have club storage and range are included in the dues. Immediate family become social members at no additional charge. You can go there and read the paper. Access to all dining facilities and pool. Value is seven grand. Glendale is a family-oriented private facility located in Northwest Edmonton. Known for its layout and course conditions. And for people saying at lunchtime, yes, I golfed at the Glendale last night, and people going, oh. It's like... It's like it has a certain appeal, panache. There's a, there's, a, there's a feeling you get when you golf the Glendale, and you can tell people about it, and they're impressed by it. It's like going to lunch with Declan. Same thing. Can't put a price tag on that. My radio in my shop and truck goes to static right now. Hmm. We don't do a pattern change this early in the day. That would be later on around sundown. This is one hell of a segment. I loved every bit of it. That was our conversation, which I truly did love, with Randy Miller from NewJersey.com. That was good. We talked about... Did you know the Doc Ellis story? That he was in San Diego, and he was, like, just gone on acid and threw a no-hitter perfect game?
2: I think I've maybe heard, like, iterations of that story or just that part of it, like that headline of it, but I don't know if I know anything deeper into what happened.
0: He had another game where... He was in Cincinnati, I think. And something happened in the top of the first when Pittsburgh was at bat. And he just started hitting Cincinnati Reds. They would come up, he'd throw at them, they'd get hit, they'd go to first base. Second guy, same thing. And I believe Danny Murtaugh was the manager, had to go out and get him. Doc Ellis. All of the best stories on planet Earth about baseball are Doc Ellis. I'd love to be there, Al, my kid, has an office party, and I have the grandson. So don't worry about it, Jim. If you can't make it, you can't make it. It's a one-off. We'll, low Tide will make more and more appearances. That's the way it will work. I promise. Until, I, you know, there's a good chance at some point I will show up and nobody will. And then I'll say, I'm here for my appearance. And people go, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of tables. You know, and that will happen. And then eventually I'll make an appearance at an old folks' home or a hospital. And that will be unplanned.
2: And it will be permanent. And we won't.
0: Stop being so happy. Stop. Would you wipe that smile off (laughs) your face? You know, there are some things that are just, you know, you can't look that much forward to it. Man. I actually read recently that, yes, the Jar Jar part did really hurt his career. And Liam Neeson said it was a real shame because he was one of the most talented actors he'd ever worked with. Liam Neeson, of course, well-known for I Will Hunt You Down. I've been trained in all of the... I love that. I love that. I don't even know what it's about. I've never seen the movie. I just know that part. The meme, the kids call it now. My favorite Star Wars character is Picard. (laughs) You want want me to get everybody mad? Do you you want me to single-handedly... Do you want me to single-handedly get everybody mad at me in one in one way, do you want me to do this?
2: Oh uh, yeah, if you make it quick, we could probably we could probably do that.
0: Okay, the best commander in the history of the Star Trek series is Catherine Janeway. We'll take a break. This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports fourteen forty Sports fourteen forty with the lowdown with Low Tide Barry Manilow. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick That song Was originally, I think it was written by A man named Scott English And the song was called Brandy, oh Brandy But there had been a song Two years previously by A group called Looking Glass That was also called Brandy Brandy you're a fine girl, what a good wife you would be But my life, my love, my lady Is the sea And so they changed it to Mandy And That's how that came about. I mean, I know it's useless information. Hey, are you a a fan of sitcoms? Yeah, I like sitcoms. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Yes. Okay. So have you ever heard of a sitcom called Will and Grace? Yes. Okay. I think it was just revived. Was it? Or like revitalized. Yeah. Love that show. Love it so much. There is an episode of Will and Grace called Fanalo. And it is your pants funny like it is so funny i i i i need people to watch fanalo it's i can't even tell you how funny it is it just is it's 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 just funny it's just a funny episode will and grace very funny show that's probably the funniest episode of all time as a diehard Barry Manilow fan, Will is the first in line at ticket booth to see a very Barry Christmas. Telling his friends he's at the shelter to feed the homeless, Grace, however, runs into him camping in front of the theater while using the bathroom at the shop across the street. Will gets hit on by a large bear, Rudy, uh, whom he immediately rebuffs. He later overhears that Rudy is Barry's road manager, so Will desperately tries to flirt with him, but no longer interested, sensing Will as a Manilow. And on it goes. There, it is really funny. That's just a part of it. Grace ends up being very funny in that too. <laughs> LT make Declan laugh more. I try, but he's, you know, he's getting used to me. He's he's used to me now. Like when you first meet somebody, you 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 they don't know you. So your mannerisms, your like people who have never heard my jokes, um like the funniest joke I can ever tell. Uh, the punchline is, you're in my life. You I, That is the funniest joke I've ever heard in my life. But once you hear it, I got nothing left. That's it. Low Tide, you have them going 3-3 this homestand. Was the win last night one of your expected wins from Coach Mike? You know, I, I do go through that um, process. Um, and I will tell you that I had the Chicago game as a for-sure win. And then I wasn't sure. But what I said was that I don't think they'll go on a losing streak and that I felt like they would win like three games. So I went 3-3, and I did the exact same thing on the road. I'll tell you, this year of all years, I do not have a feel for this team. Often I do, and without bragging, that's me patting myself on the back, I often end up getting pretty close to the actual factual win-loss record. I have not this year. They are a mystery to me. Very good Fleetwood Mac album, title. We haven't talked NFL much this week. Are you feeling anything about the uh, NFL right now? Uh, Well, I mean, the game tonight, like... <sighs> Like,
2: I mean, if you want to see a dumpster fire in action, my goodness. Yeah, that's the game for you. I, I, it leaves a lot to be desired. I don't think there's uh, there's too much to say. Overall, I mean, I, we, we've talked about it a little bit. We talked about it on Monday. I don't think much has changed. I think the the NFC belongs to the 49ers when they're healthy from what I've seen.
0: Well, so they beat the tight I mean, Eagles can't make that claim. They can't now. No, it wasn't even close. And I I
2: said it on Monday as well. I think the Ravens are a sneaky team to beat in the AFC. I think the Ravens are good everywhere. They play consistent. They play hard. As flashy as Lamar is, I wouldn't wouldn't classify them as a flashy offensive team akin, akin to the Chiefs. But I think they're a very good, very steady team. For me, those are my two teams at the top of their conferences right now.
0: And now we do have a race in the NFC East because the Eagles are just one game ahead of the Cowboys. And that's nothing. That can that can disintegrate in a heartbeat. Uh any games you like this weekend that are that are like should be good? Like Bill's Chiefs should be good, but I never know what the Bills. I can never tell what the hell they're doing.
2: Yeah, you would think Bill's Chiefs should be good, but I mean the Bills have been so up and the Bills are like a team you could you if they beat anybody in the NFL, you would be like, That makes sense. But at this point in their in the season, if they got crushed by twenty five by a good team, you would be like, "Oh, that makes sense as well." They're just one of those teams that's
0: that this year. Yeah, I think the Eagles Cowboys Sunday night. Yeah,
2: that's ob- that's obviously the game of the week. Eagles Cowboys is going to be the one to watch. It's, I mean, going to have the most eyeballs on it. Huge divisional game, two of the best teams in the NFC, and of course in, in division, all the history there. That's the game of the week. Uh, see, Alex Forty Nineers. I think that could be kind of a fun one, but I mean, it it pales in comparison to the other two.
0: Yeah. And the Bills have got to do something, man.
2: No, they got to win. That's a must-win for the Bills on the I'm road in Arrowhead. In like, I, maybe on.
0: I should talk to them. Get in there. Yeah,
2: give them a call. But man, there's some games this this this
0: week. If you like bad football, whoo Well, tonight's is like. Would Uh-oh. you say it's the worst ever? Like it could be. Like it's that bad. <laughs> Holy hell! <laughs> I,
2: I mean, I don't know. The worst ever is a high bar to reach, but it's it's certainly not going to be good. But I mean, besides that, you got Panthers and say, Saints, Bucks and Falcons. Broncos and Chargers. I know the Broncos are playing a little bit better, but I like how much belief can you really have in them? Yeah, it's, it's it's a good weekend if you like comedy football. Wow.
0: Wow. Well, all I know is that that if the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Swifties are going to be NFL fans forever. Oh,
2: could you imagine if they were able to get a grip on that fan base in perpetuity? Well, who-
0: that's why I don't understand why people don't get how big this is. Because there's not a lot. Like it's like Ali in '75, right? Who was the the most famous face in the world? Yep. So you like the? I'm not saying the NFL isn't. A, I know how big the NFL is. Believe me, but the the NFL there's not a lot of areas of population the NFL has not tapped into. Right. This is kind
2: of one of them. Yes, this is one of them, and And they are they they hit hit oil in the
0: 1800s. They all love this tight end from Kansas City, and so, like, embrace it. They're not trying to ruin your game, and if they show Taylor Swift too much, blame the movie or the the television people. But this is a story that's being covered. It's it is that's what is done by media. Well, and it's huge. It's a massive story.
2: And more than that, now Taylor Swift has come out and said, football is really fun. Where's this been all my life? Or something to that effect. I mean, when someone with a fan base like hers says that, you can only imagine how the lemmings
0: are going to follow. And they like each other. I mean, they do more than that. But it's it's a fun thing. Why can't people just embrace the good in life? Why does it always have to be a problem? Why, Declan? Why?
2: <sighs> I don't know. I mean, what, what's what's the saying? Controversy? breeds headlines. Is that what they say? Uh, I don't think so. I think I kind of made that one up off the top there. But it fits the narrative, so I'm going to run
0: with it. Go Texans! Norman a combine. Mr. me, great headstone song from Parkland Matt. Well, you got to tell the joke now, Lota. I can't tell the joke. It involves many words that I cannot tell on the radio. It's a really funny joke, though. It is a really... Uh, do you remember Ken, Ken Simpson from The Old Station? No. Okay. I don't think Just I was there. There's so though. many things that you don't know. Anyway, he's a really straight-laced, really cool guy. Loved him to death. And I told him that joke, and he almost died. That's how funny it was. It's like that joke you can only tell. Like, nobody can know the whole joke. You can only tell a part, like on Monty Python, because anybody who knew the whole joke would die of laughter. There's a song about Doc Ellis' no-no by Todd Snyder called America's Favorite Pastime. Would make a great bumper coming out of the break, just saying. Maybe we'll do that. Noel Hoffenmayer. Love the name. He's about the same pace as Borgo. For points, I think they should bring him up. I'd give him a nickname, Hoffy, LOL. I also agree Janeway is the best. See? Voyager is the best Star Trek ever. Ginger Extreme, you are absolutely spot on. The storylines are better. The characters are more interesting. They, they tell more stories. It's not all about the minutiae of being in outer space and the different, you know, types of peoples in the world, although they have that. And they're just trying to get home. It's, it's, it's a, it is a great show. I feel so good that somebody agrees with me with that usually I get hammered because of that. Not hammered, but get hammered by people. Janeway? See you at the monkey bars at Recess LT. That's from your candy. Wasn't it Bill Spaceman Leo who pitched on acid? Well, he did, but I, I, I know that Doc Ellis did. It's a very famous uh, story. You're crazy, LT. Cisco from Deep Space Nine was by far the best. Very good, no doubt about it. Make it so. Google Liam Neeson as Mall Santa. So funny, I will. Absolutely, Voyager has the unbridled essence of discovery and growth. Janeway is the best captain by far. From Eric, you are my people. I f- I could cry. I've said this before, and people get really mad. There's a few things I say on the air that people go over the top to harangue me about and rain down blows verbally on me. One of them is that baseball in Saskatchewan when my dad was a kid was called hardball. Everybody gets really mad about that. I don't know why. And another is that Janeway is the best commander in Star Trek. And it's the best show. Tell me the joke, please, from Beer League Kurt. I can't. I can't tell you. There's profanity in it. And it's also very negative towards women. So I (laughs) really can't. It's funny, though, right? I will tell you this. The first time I ever heard it was from Rod Phillips. And I got in the car. This was 1986. I got in the car. My wife was driving. It was a Honda Prelude. And she was driving. And I told her the joke. And I told it well. And I nailed the punchline. And everything about it was perfect. I mean, I had Johnny Carson timing telling it. And it's a very anti. It's a, It's not an anti-female joke, but the punchline is negative towards uh, before before this person's wife. And I tell her the joke, and she's driving, and she doesn't move. She just keeps driving, and she goes, "Yeah, we need hamburger." That was her reaction to the joke. It's the funniest joke I've ever heard in my life. I know it's funny. I know she wanted to laugh, and she didn't. We need hamburger. Well, we did. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Thanks so much for tuning in. I can't tell the joke. Maybe I'll tell it Saturday. If you come ask me Saturday, I'll tell you the joke. Jason Greger on the way with the Jason Greger Show. It's time now for a sports update.